Thanks for listening to this podcast of Trending with Timory. If you haven't already subscribed, please catch us wherever you love to listen to your podcast, from the Relevant Radio app to Apple, YouTube, you name it, we are there. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to go and give us a five-star review to help other people discover the podcast. Anything you share in terms of episodes, whether it's texting it to a friend, posting on social media, helps to build up the kingdom for God to help confront the challenging issues we face as a culture, but with joy, with hope, and with an eternal perspective where our faith collides with everyday life, bringing eternal principles to help us live our life joyfully. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio. Welcome back to Trending. It's so good to be with you. I've been out over the last week or so. My niece was born about a month ago. I know many of you were praying with us through that exciting time. And then she was baptized on Sunday. So I was able to go and visit my sister and her husband and my two nieces, my two little nieces. And uh, she was baptized and I was godmothered, I guess you could say. So her godmother it was very exciting. And um, just spending lots of time loving uh, loving everyone and getting to see each other. It's one of those challenges, you know, at least for me, I never planned to live far away from family. And then, you know, my sister's husband's stationed in the Navy. And so he's there a little ways away and we are. So it was wonderful for all of us to have that time together, especially celebrating the new life. So that's where I've been this week. I'm happy to be back with you. It's our weekly marriage hour here on Trending. And Boy, have things really ramped up with the Tom Brady and Giselle situation. Again, you know, football player Tom Brady and supermodel Giselle. Rumors of divorce as both have lawyered up in the last week. And Giselle's been seen not wearing her wedding ring, which isn't necessarily uh, something out of the norm for her always. We're going to talk about that, especially from the perspective of, again, we've been talking about this, what... What does this couple need? A relationship expert has weighed in, and celebrity and royal matchmaker Christina Padena is here to talk about that here on the show. We're going to talk also about sort of betrayal trauma a little bit and the tie into the recent news coming out about Khloe Kardashian and a recent brain scan that she had done showing and proving the trauma that she experienced uh, within the context of having been cheated on and all the trauma that occurred in her relationship recently. Uh, We'll also take your questions. So if you have a question, numbers 1-888-914-9149, anything dating, marriage related, happy to take your question. Again, from a Catholic perspective, welcome to our weekly marriage hour here on Trending. Celebrity and royal matchmaker Christina Pineda is with me. Also giving advice to us lowly peasants on everything romance, dating, marriage. You don't have to be married to be in the dating hour, in the marriage hour. Marriage is the goal. Christina Pineda, welcome back to Trending. What are you making of everything that's going on and what's the latest in the football player Tom Brady and Giselle's life right now in relationship? It's been all over the tabloids. Yes, thanks, Timory. So good to be with you as always. And yeah, there's been a little bit of a history with our company, with Metrics in the City and all of this news. So Fox News interviewed my sister and co-founder, Alessandra Conti, 
to get her comments on Tom Brady and Giselle's marriage. And this was about a week or so ago. So she told them that Tom and Giselle need open communication or resentment may kick in. And her comments actually got some negative criticism from the NFL world. And there's an article that says, leave their marriage alone. NFL world enraged after celebrity matchmaker and dating expert comments on resentment and frustration in Tom and Brady and Giselle Bunchen's marriage. This was by essentially sports. So we got that negative criticism from Alessandra's comments. And then I think it was the next day, my sister wakes up and there's news all over that Tom and Giselle both have hired divorce attorneys. So unfortunately, her prediction that resentment may kick in actually came true. And yes, it's obviously it's their marriage and we need to respect the privacy of their marriage, but they both have made comments about their marriage to the public. And it is something that we can learn from as, as people who are in marriages, in relationships, dating. So that's what we're, how we are looking at this. And it's clear. And it posed oh, a real challenge. And yeah, no, it posed a real challenge because we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. A lot of the centers around career choices from the things that both Tom Brady and supermodel Gis- Giselle have said, uh, this came down to controversy in particular over his deciding to unretire. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago here on the show and how, you know, do your career choices, especially as a husband, do those impact your marriage? Are there certain jobs that perhaps maybe you shouldn't take? And I think that you know, it's telling, but I'm fascinated, Christina, coming back to what um, your sister said, because you and your sister are co-founders and matchmakers at uh, Matchmakers in the City. You work with celebrities, royals, and us peasants as well. Uh, but I was fascinated that specifically your sister, Alessandra, commented mentioning the need for open communication when within the last couple of days something happened that I think you know could be not intentional intentional but Giselle was spotted without a wedding ring uh, taking her kids Mm -hmm. to the gym this week and you know sometimes people don't wear their wedding rings and I think especially to the gym you know I'll take my wedding ring uh, and everything off wedding band off for for the gym you know especially when I'm swinging the kettlebells like they that can damage and rub up against the ring a little too much so that I don't think it's something to be read too much into but it could be considered a passive aggressive stunt when she knows she's being bombarded by the paparazzi and maybe trying to you know say something to tom uh, through the tabloids even with this like you said resentment that could build up in their marriage right and this is especially after both of them are hiring divorce attorneys so when you do that and it's all over the news you have to really be careful with with what you're, how you're comporting yourself, what you're wearing. Of course, I know I forget to wear my wedding ring sometimes going out too. It's not that it's not that I'm trying to do a passive aggressive move, but if it was all over the news that at this situation, you have to be careful with what, with making sure that you're wearing your ring. And that is something that I coach a lot men and women often about to make sure that you are wearing your ring and it's not even just so much for yourself it's also for that other people so that other people know that you are taken because when i'm coaching singles one of the things that i tell them is to always do a wedding ring check 
so that you know you're not trying to approach someone who's already married. So it's, it's also mm-hmm. out of respect. So I definitely think that wearing your wedding ring is important. And the other thing is for women changing your last name, even if it's adding the man's last name to your, your name, your last name, if that is, if that's all you want to do. But that's an important step too for a marriage because it is, it is saying, it's making a statement and saying, okay, this is, that was my past and now I am joined with my husband. I don't know if Giselle, what her whole name situation is, but that was something that I was questioning. It was hard for me. I was trying to research it and it was hard to come across. So those are two outward signs that I would think would be helpful for, especially a public marriage. Mm. Oh boy, the whole name changing controversy. I have a really hard time when a woman's last name doesn't change. You know, I think that there's a lot that could be said to it. It's biblical. You know, when God gives someone a new mission in scripture, he changes their name. You know, we have the example of Abram to Abraham, um, Sarai to Sarah. I know those are subtle changes, but we have these changes throughout scripture that with a new mission comes a new name at times. And it's very profound biblically, but it's a sign of respect and commitment within the context of marriage. It's fascinating because a lot of people are commenting that football player Tom Brady and supermodel Giselle, that they didn't have a prenup uh, going into this marriage. And people are making a big deal about this because in the Catholic you know, worldview, uh, prenups are not something that's acceptable to enter into a marriage with. Um, absolutely not. And and with Tom Brady and Giselle, people are astounded that this is something they chose to do. Interesting perspective. They are Catholic. And from a Catholic perspective, I don't know exactly if they got married in the Catholic Church or not. Uh, that's mm. a really good question. Um, but, you know, this does get into those waters that even if they do civilly d- divorce, if they are married in the Catholic Church, that marriage is still valid in the eyes of the church uh, unless otherwise declared null and if they go through an annulment process. Yes, that's very true. And that's why this, what Alessandra was saying, how communication is going to be extremely important now more than ever in reconciling their marriage. So I wanted to discuss a little bit about the importance for husbands to be present for their wives and families. And Timory did talk a little bit about that on her September 22nd show. But another reason that I see that with, that I've seen with couples who have coached points to the differences between men and women and a, a small story. I coached a woman who recently got married. She knew that her husband's travel schedule was intense. She dealt with it while they were dating, but it got even more difficult when they got married and then when they had a child. And that's because in those, both of those, those stages, the, the presence of the man is even becomes more and more important when the man becomes a husband and when the man becomes a father. So she expressed to me that when her husband got back from a business trip, he acted, he acted like nothing had changed. And the first thing that he wanted was physical intimacy. It worked in the opposite way for her, where she felt estranged from him after this business trip and needed more quality time with him before feeling 
the emotional intimacy that she needed to want to be physically intimate. This, as a result, he felt rejected. So without communication, he felt rejected, she felt rejected. Then we discussed and then they did communicate in a series of heart to hearts. It takes not just one, it's a, it was a series and he ended up switching jobs so that he could be more present for her and the family. And then the struggles that she felt during that early time of their marriage mostly vanished. So it's a real positive testament to when people work on their marriages and prioritize each other that the things that you might have thought, oh, this can't be fixed, we need to get a divorce, actually can be fixed and can make your relationship Mm. even stronger and deeper. And it touched on such a profoundly simple and legitimate human needs, the need for quality time and kind of the repairing of uh, the relationship after in a time apart. People talk a lot about how absence makes the heart grow fonder, and it does, but frequent absence can also make the heart grow a little cold and distant. And there's legitimacy to that, to that need for repairing, you know, and seeing the other person. And, you know, the very natural, God-given, ingrained desire on the man for that connection through intimacy as well. Different ways of communicating and desiring things. Um, But with, again, like you said, that coaching and that interaction and communication, these resentments can absolutely disappear. And this is why, as we're talking and taking this kind of uh, under kind of looking underneath at the the scene of everything and Tom Brady and Giselle's marriage, it's an opportunity to pray for them, you know, pray for, you know, the conversions of their hearts, you know, into their marriages toward each other, toward their mission as Christian spouses. I'm interested, Christina, too, because I was reading a couple years ago, some controversy with the couple isn't that recent uh, or that out of the ordinary. In 2020, they were struggling and in fact, Tom Brady told Howard Stern that he and his wife were, as they were struggling, that there were some issues where she didn't feel, he said, like he was doing his part for the family. She felt like when he was off on football season, she was taking care of the house and the kids. And the season would end, she'd expect him to really be present and, you know, be leaning in. And then all of a sudden, business activities were still front and center for him and doing football training still. And she'd kind of be sitting there going, well, what about your helping with the house or you're taking the kids to school? There's, I think, this very natural male-female, you know, tug and pull of husband being the primary provider wife being the primary nurturer and reconciling and finding the balance that everyone struggles with, whether you're Hollywood celebrities or any of us balancing that male-female dimension in those God-given natural roles of providing and nourishing. Yes, that is extremely correct, Timory, and something that all couples can struggle with. And often when a man comes back from providing and putting in so much energy into whatever his job or career is. He wants to disconnect. He wants to relax. But the woman is still working, <laughs> working at cleaning or cooking or getting things in order around the house. So it's, it is easy for resentment to build up for the woman. So that's why 
talking about these things together and finding out a good schedule and pattern where both people can feel refreshed and one person doesn't feel the full burden of the household on herself or himself is extremely, extremely important. Another thing is that when their husbands aren't there, women often feel isolated, off balance, and it can lead them to seek soul connections in other places, which can make them question their marriage. This seems to be the case for Giselle and Tom, where if he was more present, I don't think they would be having these issues. So that presence is going to him being more present and whatever, whatever her career is, but just knowing how important that quality time is for the woman of doing the things you might think, oh, taking out the trash, doing the recycling, whatever. She just asked me to do this. I just spent all day working and she's wanting me to do this. That might be extremely important for her. She might be so exhausted. She cannot do that. So that is, you might, it's understanding that something that you might not think is important might be really important for the, the person. And it might be a gender thing. It might be something that you might not even understand, but knowing that this is something that she wants to be done and even communicating, you know, I don't really understand why you want me to do this right now. And then she can express why it's important to her having that open communication rather than just doing it and feeling like, Oh, she never gives me time to relax. That can be another thing where men develop resentment over the woman nagging them as they, as so often we hear. So that just communication, being honest, being upfront, it might be uncomfortable. It might be awkward. You might think, I never thought I would be having these conversations with the love of my life. You're going to have to, otherwise you can find yourself seeking legal divorce advice. Another perspective, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Trending with Timory here on Relevant Radio. It's our weekly marriage hour. That's celebrity and royal matchmaker, Christina Pinedo, who you and your sister, matchmakers in the city, have been in the midst of some of this uh, Giselle and Tom Brady controversy with some of your comments uh, being you know, publicized as you guys have been um, consulting on what's happening in this relationship. I do think it's interesting. So Tom Brady has just signed a major contract with Fox Sports to be an analyst for the games next year. So making it sound like, Obviously, he will be officially retiring, but then stepping into a new role, um, new work as an analyst. So then being present at the football stadiums throughout the season, uh, broadcasting live from some of the games. And it, it does bring to question, we'll kind of maybe leave it on this note and you can comment with some of your thoughts real quick here, Christina. But you know, there, there comes a point, I think, sometimes in your career where you find this balance of, OK, this part of my career is winding down or this season of it is changing and I'm changing trajectories a little bit and I could go in different trajectories you know maybe do something that is much more family friendly or maybe doing something that is just as high intensity and exciting I think of a a friend we have who uh, was high up in law enforcement and you know sometimes you know, as you progress and work especially for men you go from kind of being on hand uh, hands-on uh, in the thrill and thick of things to suddenly being in an office position and having more and more paperwork that you're bombarded with and I think many men go through this in their careers I saw my dad go through this you know from being a park ranger to working very very high levels overseeing parks and districts and all these neat areas and it took you from being on the ground you know boot work to 
desk desk work and that's hard and thinking about this uh, friend who was in law enforcement it was a tough transition going from the thrill of the day-to-day you know doing things such as SWAT being in the intensity of you know what's happening on the ground to protect and interact in your community to suddenly being stuck in an office do you choose to go back to that dangerous work or do you choose to continue to build in a different direction? These are things I think so many people have to navigate in their careers, but within the context of family life that is so challenging. Mm, that's that's true. That's a great point, Timory. And I'm thinking about also people retiring. And so often people are are petrified of retiring and some people who I've worked, who I've coached, but then when they finally do so, especially if you're that personality who's always has something on the, on the go and working on something, they end up being so busy when they're retired. So I think there may be a fear there for Tom that he won't have the exertion that he thinks that he needs, but I think that he's going to find it if he if he steps back a little bit and spends time with his family, I think he'll feel a lot more fulfilled and that he doesn't actually need the constant go, go, go lifestyle. And for Giselle, mm-hmm. I really do think that, that seeing if she, even if Tom isn't open to doing this, but I've noticed a lot more women open to seeing a Catholic or Christian, a Christian therapist, ideally someone who's Catholic who can really aid in bringing the couple back together, even if it's, even if the woman is the only one, so she can, can really vent her frustrations and work things out in, and then bring Tom in with her in communication to avoid divorce. Divorce is not the answer. And it's really amazing from doing what I do, coaching so many married couples and couples dating, but to see how transformation can occur, and especially when p- the couple puts in the time for their marriage or relationship. That's celebrity and royal matchmaker Christina Pineda here on Trending with Timory during our weekly marriage hour, dating, married. We're taking your questions from a Catholic perspective. The number is 1 888 Ooh, an interesting question that came in on the topic of missing the one. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. But we want to talk about how to know whether someone is marriage material or just someone who you're attracted to. We'll be right back here on Trending with celebrity and royal matchmaker Christina Pineda. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Are you keeping up with the Kardashians? I don't keep up with the Kardashians, but they can't seem to keep off of my news feed, no matter how hard I try. Recent story came out, I thought this was really interesting, that in a recent episode of the Kardashians on Hulu, that Khloe Kardashian shared that she had her head scanned, big surprise, some people might not be surprised, and a doctor told her that her brain showed signs of trauma. Chloe chalked this up to the entire cheating, just sorrow, so bad for what she experienced with her baby daddy, Tristan Thompson. And I found it interesting because it brings to mind the question of knowing whether someone is 
marriage material or not, or if you're just attracted to someone and need to reconcile attraction versus a potential marriage. It's really important because just because you're attracted to someone doesn't mean you should date marry or do anything else with them for that matter. So joining me now to discuss this is celebrity and world matchmaker Christina Pineda. If you have a question, by the way, the number's 1-888-914-9149. Christina, what do you make of this brain scan and how does this help us in kind of understanding that need to understand the difference between marriage material versus simply an attraction that maybe needs to be ignored? Yes, and I think something that was even more powerful than the brain scan results for me were the comments that she made explaining or attempting to explain the trauma that showed on the brain scan. And so Chloe said, the hardest part about it all is training yourself to unlove someone. This was my life for six years. And we weren't just a couple. We genuinely were best friends. He was my workout buddy. We did all things together. And so learning how to undo all those things, that takes time. Just because someone does you dirty doesn't mean you fall out of love with them instantly. Her comments are heartbreaking, but they point to the importance of setting boundaries in the beginning of a relationship to attempts to guard yourself from a cheater. Of course, you can never 100% protect yourself from getting hurt, but I recommend waiting to do the, quote, best friend activities, such as working out together, going shopping, grocery shopping especially together, or the husband and wife activities, like having a baby together until you are married. This takes discipline And many women fear that they will lose the man if they have any kind of boundaries. That fear of losing him is especially hard if you're attracted to him. And clearly, Chloe was very attracted to Tristan. I wanted to share another story. Recently, one of our bachelorettes hit it off with one of her matches. And they had a whirlwind romance. But she expressed to us that she felt too afraid to share her views with him, even in a polite and non-threatening way, because she was scared of losing him. And unfortunately, Mm. this backfired because she couldn't be herself around him, and then she ended up being so emotionally distraught that she ended things herself. Mm. So I think that that shows that that challenge of kind of seeing what happens when we muddy the waters, Christine, it does bring to mind that question, you know, how do you, because there's legitimacy, you know, whether you like Khloe Kardashian or not, there's legitimacy to the trauma that she experienced, right? Right. And the brain scans and people have commented on this. Yes, when you experience a trauma, even such as a relationship trauma, it can impact the brain and it can for quite a while and it takes a lot of work to undo that trauma especially when someone such as Khloe Kardashian has an ongoing reminder of that trauma from being in the public eye to having a child with this man uh, and there's an atrophine of the brain it occurs you know when things traumatic happen this is the impact we have but it comes back to that conversation like you said of distinguishing and having that boundary in a relationship while you're dating of figuring out whether this is an attraction that maybe should be ignored or whether or not this is potential marriage material to pursue. And 
I think that's such a hard thing in the 21st century to do because we are surrounded by phenomenal stories. You know, story power, storytelling is so powerful from the storytelling in the tabloids of a famous couple to the storytelling in a movie or a book or an audiobook, you know, that are very popular today. They captivate us in part, especially for women in particular, the love stories. So that's always a major part of pretty much any successful movie or show. And so it teaches that if there is chemistry, there's action. And when I say action, that means dating, marriage, and all those things you shouldn't do unless you're inside marriage, right? Mm. And I love where you talk about, you know, distinguishing things that are husband and wife activities versus things that aren't. How do you work to guard your heart and be responsible toward the other person you're dating and toward yourself as you distinguish whether or not an attraction should or should not be pursued? Our recommendation is, and this is what we told our bachelorette, to be yourself through setting appropriate boundaries. Okay, you hear the term be yourself. That could mean so many things. But setting boundaries is a way to be yourself because that is saying, I am, I am important. I, my heart is sensitive. I, I deserve to go about this relationship in a way that respects me. And then little by little revealing your opinions with the person that is also being yourself. Otherwise you will live a lie and feel a tremendous amount of anxiety. Then when you take this advice, you know that the person is marriage material when you can date God's way. And some of those ways include saving intimacy for marriage, taking things slowly, and then also being able to let your hair down by sharing little by little who you are. When you do those two things and the person is still there and continues to pursue the relationship, this is someone who is potentially marriage material. However, if the other person stops wanting to move forward, he or she isn't the right one for you. And that's okay. We are attracted to people for whatever reason throughout our lives who may not be our future husband or future wife. But in order to determine a person who's marriage material, it is important to, to do these things so that you don't feel like you are playing a role and playing a role will never get you to true love and to a happy marriage. So let's talk about some of the practicality of this, because if you're going to be really careful with what sort of activities you do together while dating and you know, whether you're maybe in the dating scene now, especially with so many people dating you know, in their late 20s, in their 30s, in their 40s, it's easy to kind of have this very natural attitude. And I had it even of just kind of living my daily life and assimilating into that with the person you're dating. My, I've talked about before, my husband and I dated way too long uh, before we got married. That's a story for another day. We talked about this actually last week here on Trending. Uh, but where you assimilate, you know, you start to do those things like, okay, you know, I'm just doing my day. We want to spend time together. I need to go grocery shopping or maybe I need to do meal prep this week. And you do those things together that I think are good, you know, bonding activities, especially cooking together, you know, seeing how you collaborate and communicate while cooking together. And But it sounds like a lot of what you say, Christina, is focus more so on those dates, that, that time together, which you could, I would almost argue 
pulls you away from getting to see how people interact in the day-to-day. So where's that balance and where do you maybe start to do more of the day-to-day while you're dating someone? Yes. So especially in the beginning of a relationship, it's mostly dates, a one-on-one, and I recommend doing a mix of group dates where you invite friends and the other person invites friends as well as some one-on-ones. And then as things progress into an exclusive relationship, that's when you'll start. So you might see each other maybe once a week in the beginning. And then maybe when you get to boyfriend, girlfriend, it could be once or twice a week. But I still, that's why I recommend taking things slowly because it's, it's gradual and time will show you if you can actually trust this person or not. It takes time to build trust. So before you invite this person into those more intimate parts of your day-to-day mundane things that you have to do, the life maintenance things, it's important to see if this per- what this person's habits are, if this person is trustworthy, if this person is honest, and to get to see who their friends are because friends are an important part of, of who the person is. They t- can tell you a lot about that person. So then when you are exclusive and then as you're moving towards the engagement phase and then engaged and moving towards marriage, that's when you can sprinkle in a little bit of the more lifestyle type things. But I don't want, so often I see people saying, oh yeah, we spent time together today. And they just get into this comfortable way of, oh, we're not going on dates anymore. We see each other and we do all these things together and we don't have to go on dates anymore. So it becomes less of a person I'm courting and men can get very comfortable with that. They don't have to do Mm -hmm. plan a date. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm saying, especially women of knowing that he's not your husband yet and he still needs to court you. And that is why it's important to keep a little bit of that mystery there of your day-to-day activities. And I'm not saying that you can't do any of those things together when before you're married, but, and that if you've done them before, before you're married, that you were wrong or anything. I don't mean to shame anyone at all, but it's for people who are in that stage of maybe single or dating. I think it's really healthy to keep a little bit of that mystery there in your dating phase and remember that the man is still courting and women often have to guard that part of it. Otherwise the man will, mm-hmm. will not know what to do. I love this because that really helps clarify things because it is so natural to fall into this routine that prevents the very important pursuit that you're talking about of the man toward the woman and the very important mystery that we as women in our modesty need to implement, not by just clothing. And I think this is another topic of how modesty is such an important issue today because we reduce it to how we dress. When it's how we speak, how we carry our bodies, you know, the activities we do or don't do. And so you're saying this level of modesty that needs to occur in terms of how much we reveal about our lives and our day-to-day and things as simple as grocery shopping and cooking together, waiting before it's too soon. And we don't live at a point in history where we think about those things. We think about, oh yeah, it's good to leave that mystery and that level of modesty so that I can be pursued and reveal, like you said, just a little bit at a time to both 
protect the natural uh, tug and pull of a new relationship and the discernment of marriage, but also to protect yourself by sharing too much too soon. Mm-hmm. That's precisely it. And it's hard. The whole mystery thing was, it can be really frustrating for a lot of people and especially for women to think about that of, oh, wow, I've really not done that in the past. Or how do I even keep mystery? But it's with these practical things that you are keeping alive, even though you don't know, even though you can't really understand how you're doing it with simple boundaries, that's actually creating excitement and mystery for you. And like Timri said, it's, it's part of the virtue of modesty, but it, it doesn't seem like, it seems like it should be a lot harder to do, to create mystery. And it's, but it's really not. So that's why I'm saying if you've done these things in the past, no shame at all, but these are ways, practical ways to create mystery in that. And so you don't have to feel like, oh, I have no idea how to do that. So I'm not going to do any of it. And I love you mentioned earlier in that story you gave of the example of a couple of people you date coach where, you know, the woman started to pull back and that that was necessary. And if it's a good relationship, that pulling back of maybe revealing too much yourself or engaging in activities, simple day to day activities, not even, you know, having to do with things sexually, that that can actually help in allowing the man the opportunity to pursue or leave. And I think that we live in a culture where there's a lot of comfort and delayed choices. And so that pursuit to get the ball rolling is so important. Don't be afraid of pulling back a little bit and seeing what happens in these relationships. I think that's a good thing to test the relationship. Yet so often we fear what the ramification might be. But if we're fearing that within a dating context, that's a big red flag that maybe this isn't the right relationship. This isn't the right person. Christina, thank you so much for being with us today. That celebrity and royal matchmaker, Christina Pineda, we've tagged her on Instagram. Just follow me at Timmery, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E to catch celebrity and royal matchmaker, Christina Pineda. You can also find her at matchmakersinthecity.com. That's matchmakersinthecity.com. Are you single? If you're single, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to pray with and for you for a spouse. So give me a call. We'll pray together on air with everyone listening right now, praying for you to find a spouse. The number is 1-888-914-9149. So if you'd like those prayers in your pursuit of a spouse, please give me a call. I'd love to pray for and with you now. 1-888-914-9149. By the way, Advent is coming fast. Christmas is almost here. You know, Costco has already converted to Christmas presents and Christmas decorations. I was there the other day and I almost got swept into looking at everything. I had to pull back just a little bit. But we want to talk a little bit about Advent and Christmas here on Relevant Radio because it's that time of year again and we want to celebrate the Christmas season with you by giving you a beautiful nativity set completely for free. Relevant Radio is giving away 200 nativity sets. My daughter loves mine. I have one of these. They are bigger than her. And last year at Christmas, I was going to put them outside. I couldn't because she would just walk up and hug them and kiss Mother Mary and St. Joseph and gaze into their eyes. So mine didn't make it outside last year. We'll see about this year. They were her life-size best friends for a while. But these nativity sets are made possible by a very generous donor. They're hand-painted and perfect for your porch window, front yard, display the true and humble profound reason for this season. But enter today in order to make that happen. You have until midnight central, October 16th to sign up. We're giving only 200 away. 
So be sure to sign up now. Proudly welcome Christ into your heart and home this year by signing up to win today at relevantradio.com set. That's relevantradio.com set for a chance to win a beautiful nativity set from Relevant Radio. I'll be right back here on Trending, taking your questions, also praying for and with you if you're single. Numbers 1-888-914-9149. We're talking about what you're thinking about. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to our weekly marriage hour, dating relationships, you name it. We're taking your questions, 1-888-914-9149. If you were single, I would love to pray for and with you to find a spouse and for peace where you're at in your vocation now as well. So the number is 1-888-914-9149. Even if you don't get to pray with me, we will add your name to the prayer and all of us will pray together. So 1-888-914-9149. Oop, a lot of single ladies calling from California. Okay, Wisconsin. Gentlemen, come on, want to hear from you as well. The number is 1-888-914-9149. Okay, a number of questions have come in. First, uh, I want to talk about this question, an email from Terrence. He said, is the general consensus among all of you that there's only one man meant for one woman? Or what I guess is what I'm asking is, could I have missed the boat on finding a wife? Ooh, good question. Could I miss the boat on finding a wife? I think that's a question a lot of people find themselves in, especially if the years and days have been prolonged with dating. Um, Kind of this, we live in a culture where it's very easy to think that we missed our opportunity. This idea that, okay, at 5 p.m. on July 4th, 2010, the person was there and you missed them. Or maybe, hey, I went to college, there were a lot of people there, and, you know, I kind of dated, didn't date. I can actually think of a friend who, she was in college and her sister had gotten married ahead of her while actually in college and started having children, I think before she'd even graduated college. And she swore, I would not be that person. So I swore men off. I didn't date in college, got out of college and was very focused on diving into my career. And lo and behold, you know, she's found herself in her late 30s and she hasn't gotten married. And it's been one of those questions of, did I miss my chance? Well, I think it's important to recognize, well, there's a legitimacy to this question. There's also legitimacy to recognizing God works even in the messiness of our lives, the mess that we make or the mess that seemingly we find ourselves in the world. Can we miss a chance? Can a ship sail? Absolutely. But does that mean that there isn't someone else out there? Not necessarily. And I think this is where we have to make sure we don't regret missed opportunities, but that we learn from them. And learn that, yes, maybe we did screw up. Maybe we needed to have an open mind. Maybe we weren't paying attention. But also understand that God is bigger than all of those circumstances of the past. And that doesn't necessarily mean that someone else isn't out there for you. I think we have to make sure that we have a hope versus 
a laser focus on finding a spouse. It's very easy to be so focused on husband, 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 wife, 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 having a family, starting a family, always focusing on the next thing, rather than hoping in the providential generosity of God the Father. That even if we've made mistakes or seemingly missed opportunities, that he can still do wonderful things. I think of a friend of mine who really screwed up a relationship, would have been married to this incredible woman and realized when it was too soon, basically crashed what was practically an engagement party uh, when she had moved on finally after waiting for years and he missed it. But did he meet someone else and get married and have children? Yes. But sometimes it's easy, you know, at least from my perspective, look back and man, I really love that other girlfriend. They would have been incredible together. She would have been an excellent mom. You kind of to think about all these different pieces and you recognize, well, sometimes we have to understand it didn't happen. So either maybe one, it wasn't God's will or two, because of how we stepped in and muddied things or made different choices, it changed the course of our future. But that doesn't mean that God can't work in the midst of those changes. I think of the words of our Lord Jesus Christ in the book of Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 29, where God says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. He still offers us a future and a hope, even when we very seriously botch things in the past. God's calling all of us to conversion, virtue, and union with him. Things will make their way into the proper place if we pursue him, especially sacramentally, being in a state of grace, receiving him frequently, having a robust prayer life, preparing ourselves for our heavenly spouse, and then if he wills it, preparing ourselves for the earthly spouse that will help us to get to heaven one day. So can you miss your opportunity for one person? Sure. But does that mean that you don't have someone else out there that God can do incredible work with you and with the other person? No, I, th- I think we have to understand God can still do incredible things in our lives. And we can't just regret missed opportunities. We need to learn from them and move forward trusting in God's providence and being hopeful. Okay, we have more questions coming in. But first, you've been calling. I want to pray with you. For everyone who's single, you, you are near and dear to my heart. I pray, especially for, I have a list of friends who are single. Also, those who are trying to have children. And I really try to pray by name daily because I know Those can be such crosses and such hard things to understand. And so uh, we're going to pray now. Uh, Jean, I have Jean from Wisconsin joining me. Jean, we are praying for you, for you to find a husband. We're also going to pray, hey, gentlemen, there are single women out there. We have Mercedes in California. We'll pray for her. Angela in California. Olga in New Mexico. Kevin in Chicago. Abby in Sacramento. Julianne in California. Dina in Texas, Leah from from California, uh, Jean, we'll pray for Jean as well. We're going to get someone else here on the line to pray with. Uh, I'm praying for all of you, praying that you find a spouse, praying that you have hope in the midst of the challenges of discernment and dating. You don't give up, that you know God has those plans for you, for welfare, not for evil, for future, for a hope. So Angela's here with me from Fountain Valley, California. Angela, let's pray together for all of those listening now who are single, for all who are trying to have children as well and struggling with fertility, and for all who have called in 
We'll pray a Hail Mary together in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. We'll also pray for Valerie in California. We'll also pray for Justin. We'll pray for Jason, all those seeking a spouse. Our Lady of Hope, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for praying with me, Angela. Again, I'm praying for you. If you're looking for a spouse, feel free to send me your names while I know a lot more names are coming in now on Instagram, too, if you want to add your name to that list. Praying for Tony in California as well. Okay, another question came in. Do we still have the question about annulment? I want to take Cynthia from Scottsdale, Arizona. Cynthia, you had a question about annulments. Welcome to Trending. What's your question today? Oh, thanks for taking my call, Timory. My question is, I was married, I'm Catholic, I was married in the Catholic Church years ago. I got a divorce in the state that I was living in at the time. And when I went to get an annulment through the church, they told me that my uh, the criteria for for starting the annulment process was that you thought that your marriage was null and void from the start, which we didn't think it was. It actually you know, progressed to not being a good marriage because of my husband being unfaithful at the time. So the criteria that the church sets forth didn't fit our situation, so I've not yet got my marriage annulled in the church, and I don't believe that I ever will because I don't fit that narrative, that criteria. So I'm in a quandary as to what to do, and I, I had talked to a priest about this, and you know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm still in a quandary. Yeah. Maybe you could help. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So little a little bit of thoughts here. So Cynthia, just to kind of summarize, you were married, you were civilly divorced, and when you reached out to look into going through an annulment process where the church would declare your marriage null, that it never existed from the beginning, it sounds like the criteria you did not qualify for. So you're still in this quandary trying to figure out what to do. So understanding, I think, first what an annulment is, is really important. So an annulment is where the church looks at a marriage and says, this was not a marriage from the beginning. It was never a marriage. And so it makes the marriage null, right? It, it never, it was never a proper marriage. And so as you're saying, you know, there was infidelity from on the part of your husband. So from what your research shows, you know, you're seeing, which is correctly so, that infidelity today doesn't mean that the marriage wasn't legitimate from the beginning. And that's a very, very difficult, you know, to swallow and to see. Uh, I can't imagine, you know, especially from the betrayal trauma to trying to figure things out today. But as you well are, I'm sure, aware you're still married in the eyes of the church today. Until or if the church ever proclaims your marriage null, you're married. And so what I would recommend is two things. You know, one, really prayerfully praying with this, helping, asking God to help you understand uh, this marriage, to pray for the person you're still married to in the eyes of the church, and answering your vocation. And then, yes, you can explore, you know, contact your church and see if an annulment is possible, but it sounds like you've received the answer the annulment isn't the path forward for you. 
This is Timory from Trending with Timory. I've been talking to a lot of people who are getting ready to vote on upcoming ballot measures or fight in their state over the issue of abortion to bring about pro-life laws. And the question I hear over and over again is, how do I talk to someone who's on the fence or who disagrees with me about how they'll vote? on the upcoming propositions for life or supporting pro-life versus pro-abortion laws. Join me Friday, 6 p.m. Central on Relevant Radio or the Relevant Radio app.